Hi, this is Marcus, and I just want to welcome you to the Timbers Church Podcast. We're excited that you're here. One of the things that we aim to do is to add some value to your life, to your family, to our community, and our world. We do so by exploring the truths that come from God's Word. So start the journey with us and hit subscribe and check out this podcast every week. Now, let's dive into this week's message. Good morning, Timbers family. We are excited that you have joined us today. I'm excited. You hopefully are excited that you're on here and uh, give us a thumb up if you are excited. Today, I'm going to be talking about time. So I'm going to talk as fast as I can to save some time. Okay. Now, the last few weeks, if you've been here at online going to church with Timbers, you know that we've been having a lot of fun as we've been doing a series called No limits. That's right. No limits. And today is part three of that series, which means that we're going to be finishing up the series today. But before we finish up the series and start this part three, let's just review really quick. We've been covering this life of a guy by the name of Moses. He was sort of a big deal in the Bible. And so our main takeaways of what we've covered up to this point, week one, we covered this. We said big influence always starts with one small obedient first step. Big influence always starts with a small obedient first step. That's what we covered week one. And then in week two, last week we covered, we said this, we said with God, there's no limit to what you can do. With God, there is no limit with what you can do. Now, if you missed one of those weeks or one of those talks, I'm going to encourage you to jump over to YouTube or Spotify so that you can sort of catch up to speed, okay? Because there's a lot that was packed into those two talks that I think would add value to your life. And so hop over there, get caught up if you missed one of those weeks. But for those of you who are already caught up or those who are like, well, I'll do that after today's message, which is cool. I don't want you to leave right now, so hang around and go do that later. Let's get ready to dive into this week, part three of No Limits. If you have a Bible or a YouVersion app on your phone, open it up to Psalms chapter 90. That's where we're going to be kicking things off with. And it's actually a prayer that we're going to read. Okay, it's not just reading scripture. We're going to read somebody's prayer that they wrote down. Okay, so this is a prayer. It's going to be starting in verse one. We're going to read all the way through the whole prayer, which is to verse 17. Psalms chapter 90, verse one through 17. It says this, It says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like new, they are like the new grass in the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. We have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with with a moan. Our days may may come to 70 years or 80. If our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. 
Then relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing or our joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on each, establish the work of your hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Let's stop there and let's pray. Will you pray with me? God, we just want to invite you into this message to speak clearly to us. We pray, Father God, that you open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, open our minds that we might understand, and then soften our hearts so that we'll be able to receive all you speak, and then give us the strength and the courage to put all that you speak into action. Because, God, we don't want to just be hearers of your word. God, we want to be doers. Help us to be your church. And everybody said, no matter where you are today, amen and amen. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you felt like you missed out on something? Anybody ever been there? Raise your hand, right? Have you ever been there? Let's say that you had your cell phone and uh, you set it down just for a few minutes. But then when you return to pick up your cell phone, you look and you realize, I got like 20 text messages here that I've missed. Your phone has exploded. Why? Because somebody has added you to a group text and you weren't there at the beginning. It blew up, it exploded, and now you're playing catch up, trying to catch up on what everybody else has been experiencing in that feed, right? Another way that you feel that you mess out, for me at least personally, is when I go to bed. When I go to bed, I take my phone and I put it on airplane mode and I set it there as so that the alarm will wake me up in the morning and I go to sleep. And when the alarm goes off and I wake up in the morning, I'm wondering, okay, what have I missed, right? Because literally my eyes have been shut. I've been catching my Z's and what happens is things out in the world happen. So there's all these news stories of this new world that I'm living in because of things that have happened around the world. And I'm like, what in the world did I miss out on because I shut my eyes for a few moments? It's crazy. So much can happen in just one minute, one hour, and one day. If you think about it, how many times have you actually felt like you're behind on something? Like you missed something. Like, I just don't know what's going on here. You only stepped away for a minute, right? How in the world could all of that happen in one stinking minute? And so now you have to play that catch-up. You have to figure out what it is that you missed. And so you're constantly playing the catch-up game. See, here's the deal. Time is always ticking away. Hey, that reminds me of a song. Go something like this. Time is ticking away, tick, tick, ticking away. Oh, time is ticking away, tick, tick, ticking away. I think that was DC Talk that used to sing it. Enough with that, right? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's true. Time is ticking away. The one thing that I know about time is this. It is the only resource that everyone on the planet has the same amount of. I'm going to say that again. It's the only resource on the planet that everyone on the the planet has the same amount of. Think about it. We all get 24 hours 
each and every single day. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be uh, you could be young, you could be old, you could be white, you could be black, you could be rich, you could be poor. It doesn't matter who you are, you get the same amount. You could be a Grammy award-winning artist or you could be an American Idol fail, right? Same amount of time. You could be an NFL quarterback or the last pick on a dodgeball team. Same amount of time. You could be the president of the United States or you could be stuck in a cubicle doing telemarketing. Hey, how you doing? Uh, you know, like, I mean, like, same amount of time. It doesn't matter. Really, we all have the same amount. Time is the same across the board for us all. Some now have never enough time right? They don't have enough of it. They're sitting there and they're constantly scrambling. Their schedule is packed full with all these things. You're racing from this thing to that thing to this thing to that thing. Matter of fact, you're showing up late to a lot of things because of how packed the schedule is. Now others, they have way too much time, right? They can stay up till three, four o'clock in the morning playing video games. Why? Because, well, <laughs> they got the time. Or you can binge watch a, a show on Netflix and then binge watch another show. Why? Because you have the time. Or you can just sort of be jumping back and forth on your social media platform, seeing what's happening. Is it just me or has anybody else noticed how addicting TikTok can be? You're just watching these quick little few second videos. I'm just gonna watch a 15 second video here, 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 here. Hours later, you're still there just scrolling through these little funny videos. Now here's the deal. Some are also not having enough time or having too much time. Some are in the middle. Some are just sort of sitting around waiting for a better time, right? Because you're, you're just sort of overwhelmed with everything that's going on in the world right now. And so you're just waiting and hoping for a better future. When the better future arrives, then I'll manage my time a little bit better. And so you sit there and you look at it and you say, okay, when I get out of school, then I'm going to prior prioritize my, my time a little bit better. Right? When, when, when I finally get the job that I've been trying to get, then I'm going to prioritize my job or my, my time a little bit better. Or, or when, I, then, when I get married, then I'm going to actually prioritize my time because I'll have somebody to do life with and I'll need to, right? Or maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, I, I, when my kids get out of the house, then I can actually have some time, right, to manage. Because right now, <laughs> let me tell you, they just manage all the time, right? Or maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, when I retire, then I can kick out my feet and then my time will actually be worth something. See, we're sitting around just waiting for things to change. And we're like, when things change, then we'll make the move to actually be a little bit more productive with the time that we have. And so what ends up happening is we wait and we wait and we wait and time keeps ticking away. Here's the problem. It is way too easy for us to forget that our time here on earth is limited and it's also valuable. Oftentimes we do not treat our time as if it's worth very much. Sure, we get frustrated when we have a lack of it and, and maybe our lack of it is actually coming from a place of just not knowing how to utilize it. So I think that it would be safe to say because we all have it that we might as well talk about it because it really does affect all of us. Matter of fact, it even affected that famous guy in the Bible that we've been looking at by the name of Moses. 
in the midst of all the craziness and the exciting things that happened in Moses' life, there is one thing that was true for him. His time was also limited. Even though he was the leader of millions of people, the Israelites, his time to lead them had a cap that was put onto it. Just like everybody else has a cap. His time would eventually come to an end. Just like you and my, my time, all our time, all our time is going to come to an end. So now, just in case you missed part one and part two, let's talk about who Moses was again. Moses was a guy that God chose to lead the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt into the promised land that God had promised them. Now, this was going to take place where Israel would, would be, become, the promised land was going to be the place where Israel would become this great nation, right? And so in order to get them there, they had to get out of slavery. And that, well, that was going to take some big help from God, right? Pharaoh wasn't going to just let his workforce walk on out, right? He was going to keep them. And so God had to step in and, and had to help Moses make these plagues come. By the 10th plague... Pharaoh's like, okay, see ya, get out of here, I'm good, like, you can go your way, and that is the beginning of the journey to the promised land, and this was no easy journey for the Israelites, matter of fact, they ended up wandering around the desert for a good 40 plus years, they had to depend upon God daily to provide food, to provide water, and to provide protection, so huge reliance on their God during this time period. And Moses, as great of a leader as he was, he also, well, he wasn't so perfect either. He had some mistakes that he made along the way. And as he made those mistakes, eventually they finally did arrive to the outskirts of the land of the promised land, okay? The, the land that they're about to enter into. But by this time, well, Moses, his time was running out. He had come to sort of the end of, well, what would be his life. Now, during this, he knew that was coming. So during this time, he had been actually mentoring and raising up a new leader that would actually step in and take over after he left. And that guy's name was Joshua. Now, before Moses passed the reins off to Joshua, the new leader, though, he actually wanted to give a farewell speech. Don't you love it when somebody steps up to pass the reins and they give a powerful speech? That's exactly what Moses did. And you can read that speech in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 31. And, uh, and this sort of tells what was going on. Deuteronomy chapter 1 or 31 verse 1 through 2. It says, Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now... 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. Stop there. Here's the deal. I think this is, is, is something we have to acknowledge, okay? 120 years old. That means that Moses was in his 80s and 90s leading the Israelite throughout the desert. That 40-year period of time that he was out there, he was over 80 years old. That's a huge takeaway for us, okay? That's impressive, none the least, just his health and ability to do this. But two, is you need to understand something. It's never too late for God to allow you to lead in a powerful way. I don't care that you're retired. 
I don't care that you're in your 80s, okay, or close to. It doesn't matter. God can still use you to lead. If you still have some time here on this earth, you can still be used in a powerful way, okay? So that's a side note that I just want to address because I think it's very, very important. But now, Moses is tired, right? And he's no longer able to, to lead the people of Israel. And so he's passing the reins off to Joshua. And I love what he speaks to Joshua in his speech. Drop down to verse 7 through 8. He says this. He says, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. Verse 8. The, Lord's himse the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I love this. This is so powerful. So much power packed into those words. Because here's the deal. Just like God showed up to Moses in the burning bush that we talked about. When God showed up to Moses and said, hey, guess what? I'm going to be with you. Now Moses is doing the same thing to Joshua. He's saying, Joshua, there's one thing that you need to know that I learned is that God told me he would be with me. And I'm now telling you, God's going to be with you. This is huge. You're not going to lead these people by yourself. You're not in this alone. You have an almighty, all-powerful God that is going to be in, behind you, in front of you, and beside you. You can rely on him. God is with you. This is huge, right? Now, when it comes to the story of Moses, most people in the church, oftentimes we think back to the early books of the Old Testament, books like Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right? These are books that sort of encompass all the things that were happening in the life of Moses. But oftentimes we forget about the Psalms. The truth of the matter is Moses actually wrote a few of the Psalms and the, the, the Psalm that we kick things off with, Psalms chapter 90, is actually a Psalm that Moses wrote. And it wasn't just that he was writing something to, to be recorded. It was actually he wrote out a prayer. Remember, this is a guy who encountered God in a burning bush. This is a guy who watched God perform 10 plagues. This is a guy who watched God part the Red Sea. This is a guy who watched God provide for 40 years food every single morning, made water come out of a rock. This is a guy who has encountered a living, all-powerful God in a way that you and I probably can never wrap our minds around. And so this is a guy that is writing out a prayer and we get insight into exactly what he was praying. How amazing and how cool is that? And as he prays, notice what he talks about in his prayer. He begins to explain how big and how powerful his God is. Understatement, right? God is so much more bigger than anything we could ever imagine or, or hope to imagine, right? So much more powerful than we can wrap our minds around. But then also, what else did he talk about in his prayer? Moses addressed and explained how small in comparison we are. God, so big, so powerful. Us, not so much. We're like the grass. In the morning, we're new. By evening, we're dried and withered. It's short. It's short. And then when we get down to verse 12, what does Moses say in his prayer? He says this. Look at it again. Psalms chapter, uh, chapter 90, verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days. Stop there. I need to say this. We don't know exactly 
when Moses wrote this prayer. Okay, we don't know exactly, but most scholars tell us that it was probably when the Israelites were sort of wandering around out in the desert. Okay, and so if I was to think and put myself in their shoes, I imagine, I imagine that it was hot outside, <laughs> sort of like it has been these last few days here in Minnesota, right? Hot, sweaty, and boring, right? Because you're in the desert, there's not much to do, and you're just traveling. I mean, it's like they wake up in the morning, they pack up camp, and they move a little bit. They set up camp, and then they go to sleep. Hot, boring, and it's like things are moving. If they are moving forward, they're moving very, very slowly. It's like Groundhog Day over and over and over again for like 40 years. So so this is a very boring period of time, right, when, when things are going. But Moses says... Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Hmm. I think that puts everything sort of into perspective because Moses had lived a full life. Moses had had the ups and the downs, the, the highs and the lows. Moses was rich and Moses was poor. Moses was a prince and Moses was a shepherd. Moses was an underdog leader and Moses became a national hero. Okay. He had all the experiences. He had accomplished so much in his life. And yet, Moses still realized that time was a limited resource. And this is why we see him praying to his God, saying, God, I need you to show us, your people, show us how to live like we have a limited amount of time. God, will you just help us to be careful and smart with the time that we do have? Because it matters. I think a lot of us have a tendency to live like our days are not numbered. The only time that we actually count our days is when we're counting down the weekend, right? Counting down to Friday or Saturday. Or when we're counting down to like a vacation, right? We see the rest of our days as something that is, well, unlimited. We got an unlimited supply of them. But here is the problem with this. When we have an unlimited amount of time of something or an unlimited amount of something, what do we end up doing with it? We tend to waste it, don't we? When you think that you're never going to run out of something, you don't have to be careful with how you're going to use it. Just think of your money. Think of food right? Or if we want to, I guess we could even think about toilet paper. Uh, do you remember a few months ago? <laughs> Let's not and say we did, right? I have, uh, I have a cool app. Let's change the topic. I got this cool app on my phone that I want to tell you about, and it's called the Parent Q app. I'm going to open it up right here. Here it is. I got all my kids in this app. And uh, it's really cool app because you can sync it up with our church and it actually links you to our curriculum, our videos and all the stuff that we're doing with your kids. You have it right there on this app, Parent Q app. And uh, it's cool because I have all five, I have five kids. I have all five of my kids in here and it helps me count how many days I have left with them before they actually move out. Crazy. Sounds a little bit scary, right? But I want to tell you, I got my, first, my, my, my latest son who was just born, uh, Trig. He is actually, it tells me, he's 15, year, 15 weeks old. Okay, He's 15 weeks old. 
which means I have 921 weeks until he actually moves on, okay? Let's go to my next kid. My next kid is Bray. Bray is 174 weeks old. And Bray, well, he has 762 weeks left with me in my house before he moves on. That's if we can keep him alive because the kid is crazy. I think he was trying to just bust into the room just now, right? So here's the deal. Here's the deal. My next kid, Libby, she's, she's a sweetie pie. She's 259 weeks old, which means I have 677 weeks until she moves on. Then I have Adeline, our little gymnast. She's 357 weeks old, and we have 628 weeks until she moves on. And then my firstborn son... My firstborn kid is Ryder. He is 456 weeks old, which means that I have 524 weeks until he moves on. And that freaks me out because what that means is that Ryder has already got very, very close to reaching that halfway point of time with mom and dad. This app, the Parent Q app, it's scary. Let's be honest. But I'm telling you that it helps me to be intentional with the time that I have with my kids. It helps me be intentional. Okay? Listen to me. You need to listen to me and you need to trust me when I say this. Okay? It is so easy as a parent to waste a day with your kids. To waste a week with your kids. Especially if you're not counting down the days with them. But these days are so important. These are the days that you have the opportunity to make a big difference, big influence in the lives that are living in your little homes. I have to use these days as if every single one of them matters. Why? Because they are numbered. There is not an unlimited amount of time that I have with my kids. And this is why Moses had learned and tried to pass on to us through this prayer that we need to number our days. We need to number our time with our kids. We need to number our time with our job. We need to number our time with our, our life. Think of it this way. If you want to make your days count, begin to count your days. If you want to make your days count, begin to count your days. Most of us are aware of this when it comes to funerals or, and tragedies. When things of that nature happens, we become very, very aware that, that there is an unlimited amount of time that we have here on this earth. But it should not take a tragedy or a funeral or a death of a loved one in order to wake us up, in order to gain perspective on the fact that it is limited. Because the truth of the matter is we have this thing right here. And we can read this and we can gain perspective from a prayer that Moses prayed so many years ago. We can begin to actually pray the same prayer that Moses prayed. We can pray, hey, God, help me to number my days. God, <laughs> help give me the kind of wisdom to be effective with those days. So my question here for you would be this. How are you spending your, your time right now? How are you spending your time right now? Are you treating it with a little bit of value or are you wasting it away? Another question that's a great question to ask is, what are your top five priorities, right? And you probably know what they are, but then let me ask you this. If I was to grab your calendar right now 
and look at your calendar, would it prove to me that those are truly your top five priorities? See, you might realize that a lot of your time right now is actually being wasted. What and, it, and if that's the case, I want you to wrestle with this question. What is one step that you could take this week in order to change that? Maybe it's as simple as just sort of picking up your phone and turning on the airplane mode or the, the night mode. Put, put on airplane mode so it doesn't beep at you all the time. Have a certain period of time during the day where it's on airplane mode so it's not a distraction. Or maybe for you, you need to call up somebody, sit down with them and say, hey, I need some help organizing my time in ways that help me win in my priorities. And so getting some counsel in that way, a mentor, a friend, you know, uh, I don't know what it is. There's so many things that you could do. Maybe for you, you just need to realize that you're too busy, right? You're too busy. You've overcommitted with things. Nothing is getting your best self, not your spouse, not your kids, not your boss, not your friends. Nothing's getting the best you. You need to just cut a few things out of the schedule. You need to trim the extra off, right? What do you need to take out of your schedule to help you value your time and use it in a more effective way? It could be that you're feeling overwhelmed with the thought of actually managing your time. You may have no idea what it actually means to use your time wisely, but I want you to remember the verse that we were diving into today that, that came out of that prayer, verse 12. I think you just start with that. Start with a prayer. Pray it like Moses prayed it. Pray and ask God to help you. God, help me become more wise with the time that you've given me. I believe this, and I'll bet you on this. You begin to pray that prayer, you will begin to notice when you're spending your time unwisely. But for you today, maybe you're hearing this message and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I need to sort of manage my time a little bit more wisely. And I would love to ask God to help me in that area. But I think maybe for me, my best next step might just be to put my life under the authority of God. Maybe it's I just need to take a moment to say yes to Jesus first. <laughs> well, that would be your first step, right? Is saying yes to Jesus. And so if you would like to say yes to Jesus here today, I just want you to say this simple little prayer with me. Would you just bow your head and say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me for not walking with you. Forgive me for all my sins. Will you come into my life? Will you lead my time here on this earth? In Jesus' mighty powerful name, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, will you please just sort of reach out and, and tell us? We want to hear about that. You took the first step because that is a first step, saying yes to Jesus. That's the step that starts you on the journey of following Jesus. But then there's another step, a step two and a step three. And step two is actually this. I'll tell you what step two is. Step two is learning how to be on mission with Jesus. He invites you to be a part of what's going on, what he's doing. How cool is that? And so for us that are listening today that have already started the journey of following Jesus, we need to say, okay, let's take step two. How can we be on the mission with Jesus? This is essential to being wise with our time. You want to be wise with your time here on earth? Well, be in step with what Jesus is doing, what God is doing here on this earth, because he's invited you to be a part of the mission. That is called wisdom. And so the weekly cue that I want to give you this week is going to be this. Let's pray to God. God, would you help us recognize the value of your time? 
I want you to pray that. God, would you help us to recognize the value of our time? And then pray this second prayer. God, would you help us make our time here on this earth count? Help us make our time here on this earth count. Because here's the deal. There is a limit to your time here on this earth. There is. But here's also the deal. There is no limit, no limit to what God can do with the time that you have when you use it wisely. There is no limit to what God can do with you when you use your time wisely. Let's pray. Will you pray with me? God, we know we know the impact of our lives can be limitless when our lives are connected to you. When we allow you to lead us. So God, I just pray, Father God, lead us. Guide us. Help us to spend our time on the things that matter most to you. Our desire is to be able to look back over our lives knowing that we did the absolute most with the time, the influence, and abilities that you have given us. God, I pray, Father, that you will help us to count our days so that we can make our days count. In Jesus' mighty, powerful, powerful name. And everybody said, no matter where you are today, amen and amen.